tuned into Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Hello and welcome to Psychic Parrot um, with me, Frederick Ekoff, and you, Alistair Goodwin. Me, Alistair Goodwin. You, Frederick Ekoff. <laughs> and what are we talking about? We're talking about pets. beloved pets and the, how fantastic they are and what they do for the community, what they do for the globe and uh, what they do for us as human beings. And we are investigating if they indeed have special powers. You've been researching. I have been researching down the again. rabbit hole. Well, far down the rabbit hole. That sounds excellent. Put it down to three main sections that we're going to be exploring today, which is world record holding pets, and then we're going to drift into just some animals with some pretty incredible abilities. Levitating pets. Huh? Yeah. Then we're going to get a bit paranormal, <laughs> and we're going to move into the strange powers of pets. Oh. It's a huge inspiration. A very credible source lined up for those as well. Let's hear it. Let's dive into it. So we're going to start with some uh, pet world records. Mm-hmm. Tallest cow? Are you asking me how tall? How tall? Well, I would say 1.9 meters. About 2 meters. 2 meters. That was close. I was thinking 2 meters all along. So, yeah. Quite a bit taller than us, about 10 centimeters taller than Mm. you standing. 907 kgs, that cow. A ton cow. Yeah. Didn't catch the name of it, though. Belgian Blue, is it? No, it's a Holstein. (laughs) No, I mean the specific cow's name. Oh. Like, whether or not it's called Daisy or whatever. Oh, ah, Holstein. Holstein is the breed, not the name. (laughs) That's a good name. It's Holstein the cow. So, longest ears on a dog... Wow. It's Harbour the Coonhound, and his left ear is 31 centimetres, and his right ear is 34 centimetres. Whoa! Yeah, so disproportional. And here's, this was probably one of the better ones I found, the longest human leg tunnel travelled through on a skateboard by a dog. <laughs> on a skateboard? <laughs> do you understand what I mean? I do understand what you mean. <laughs> so there's a little dog on a skateboard getting pushed through a leg tunnel. How many humans in that leg tunnel? I would say uh, 47. It was 30. 30? Oh. No, it's, not, it's still good. It's <laughs> still very good. The world's fastest tortoise, Bertie, and he can Must go... Be very slow. He can go twice as fast as a regular tortoise. But the tortoises are slow, so... Yeah, but for a tortoise. Yeah, it's 9.6 kilometers an hour. Six is, kilometers? Oh, 9.6 <laughs> is his top... Top uh, uh, gallop, uh, yeah. Yeah, at a, at a full canter, he's yeah. 9.6 kilometers an hour, which I think is good for a tortoise. He should have a perspective on it, like... I don't know, how many kilometers do you think he could go in an hour? In one hour, can can that uh, tortoise go for a full hour at nine point six? Though no, this is at a sprint. <laughs> I guess he's not. It's not like the Terminator of tortoises. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I take that statement back. Yeah, well, and you got like ostriches and stuff that can go like ninety or whatever. He's not in the running for fastest animal. I'm not. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I know the story about the rabbit and the tortoise. Yeah, I know what happened. I learned my lesson. <laughs> But what I particularly like to learn about this tortoise is that he enjoys strawberries and has a girlfriend called Shelley. <laughs> As sprinters do. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, you know, he's the star athlete. The world's longest captured snake. Longest captured snake. Yeah. Oh. 
It's a boa constrictor. Yeah. Deep in the Amazonas. Uh, 9.4 meters. 7.67 meters. Oh, I'm so good at the guessing now. I'm yeah. quite close. How much would you think it weighs? 104 kilos. 158.8 kgs. Then it is a deer and then it's like 200. <laughs> this is pre-deer weight. What do you think a good name for a giant snake would be, Fred? Mr. Something. Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> that would be a good name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Medusa was the was is the extra one. What's crazy is that Medusa lives in a haunted house what? called the Edge of Hell. That's where she spends her time. She's owned by a thing called Full Moon Productions, and she's just an exhibit in a haunted mm, house. Uh, the movie Anaconda. She was famous cameo. Mm. That's the second second biggest Anaconda. She should have been in it. I, I don't I guess know. So. We should have a look in the credits. Now moving on to the the tiniest cow. What do you think the world's shortest cow. cow is? Pony cow. Um, I would say it's about a uh, half meter tall. 61.5 centimeters tall. And its name is Manikyam. Lives in India. Holy Sm- cow. Smaller than a Labrador. Friendliest dog in India. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, loudest purr the, of a cat. 27 decibels. This is astounding. It's 67 decibels, which is about the equivalent of a vacuum cleaner. And that's produced by Merlin. An amazing cat. Oh, an amazing cat. (laughs) And how high do you think a llama could jump? Well, 2.7. 1.13 is the highest recorded by Casper. Casper the llama. Most tricks performed by a cat in a minute. What do you reckon? What What is one trick, though? They range from, like, lying down, roll over, but and this includes a trick which is skateboarding and jumping while skateboarding over a over oh, a pole. Uh, so there's multiple tricks, like some of them not just yeah, yeah, yeah. speak and stuff. Uh, 43? It's 20. I'm highballing it. Still all right. And then that kind of led me on to a couple of records by humans, which I thought were a little bit cruel for animals, and I... I don't know if these sorts of things are okay. There's a yoga trainer called Vijayakumar who snorted eight fish in a minute. And a guy called Jack Bibley who had 11 rattlesnakes in his mouth at one time. Uh, yes. They must have been all right, though. Yeah, the rattlesnakes, I guess. Yeah, but they don't want to be in someone's mouth. No, but they would bite him if they wouldn't want to be there. True. They're just like, ah, the cave. Well, it's like my favourite My favorite one was always the, um, the most shrimp fed into a person's mouth by a duck in a minute. <laughs> oh, God, I love that record. Of all the records I ever want to beat, that is my singular focus. I would love to take that record off that lady because no one else is going to do it. She's got a duck just feeding her with shrimps. Yep. Train duck. Oh, that duck is just brainwashed. Yeah, oh, I think it's got a maternal instinct. Like how you open your mouth and animals put stuff in it. If they Where like am you. I going to get a shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> Do pets. we have that number, though? Most shrimp fed? It was in American. It was in ounces. But it wasn't much. It was in ounces. Like, I watched this on that, t- on that Record Breakers show. Like, it, it's just a memory from my childhood that stuck with me. It's one of those moments in your life where you go, this is going to change the way I think about things. Finally being the fly on the wall in that home. Watching Record Breakers with that guy that played Superman. All right, so that's pets doing incredible things. How far can they go? Um, and the next thing, we're just slipping into incredible animal abilities because we're... We're spreading. You could keep these things as pets, I guess. 
just easing into the weirder stuff. Start with something, a little animal called a kangaroo rat. Ooh, fast one. They are fast and they are little tiny things and they can spend their whole life without drinking water. What? Two to five years. They eat fruit? Seeds. They have incredibly good kidneys and can just process moisture out of the things they eat. Hmm. So, I mean, they can drink. They're also fine not to bother. For humans, we last three to five days. Camels are... 100 days in the desert. 15 days. 15 days. And then sweeping onto some eagle facts, a bald eagle keeps the same nest, keeps the same mate, and just every year does home improvements. So the largest eagle nest found, 6 metres deep, 2.8 metres across. Wow. Isn't that wild? Mansion. Yeah. Yeah, It's huge. And I just hacked it out of the mountain. Just keeping adding sticks onto a precipice. Oh, and then, yeah, just living it up in the penthouse. <laughs> Which bird is the closest relative to the T-Rex? A uh, magpie. They look so T-Rexy. That's a chicken. Chicken. Should remember that from Jurassic Park. And turkeys can reproduce asexually, so they can self-fertilize. Wow. They can, just they can pop out eggs that are already loaded? Yeah, they can pop out loaded eggs. Why? And what's because the use of the men? lack of males around. It's like a flower. If it can't get pollinated, then it'll just self-pollinate. Can that egg produce males? That's a question. It is a question. We'll look that up. We will look that up. (laughs) Koalas have almost indistinguishably similar fingerprints to humans. (laughs) Framed by koala bear. Well, this is what this guy, Mr. Henneberg, who's a a biological anthropologist who observed this, (laughs) he had this to say. I'll do this in the Australian accent. It deserves... Although it's extremely unlikely that koala prints would be found at the scene of a crime, police should still at least be aware of the possibility. There's <laughs> 0.0.0.9% chance of a koala, actually. Good police work. You have to rule out the koala. <laughs> and they also have equally unique and individual fingerprints. Yeah, and they look incredibly similar. Amazing. Um, here's another one. They're about to add the pigeon to the list of animals that know their reflection. So there's only six animals currently that recognize themselves in a mirror. Oh, do you have a list? Of course. They are orangutans, dolphins, orcas, elephants, humans, and your friend the magpie. Yes. A lot of this was done through testing by putting a dot on the animal's face and seeing whether or not when it sees the reflection, if it touches the mirror or touches itself. How can a pigeon touch itself in the yeah, forehead? Yeah, it seems to be... A, I think it's to see whether or not they're kind of bothered by it. It would peck at the mirror or just okay. have some other response. But this is about having a homonoculus, which is something humans have, which is a picture of ourselves in our self where we become yeah. aware and then we're able to relate to other animals. More or less develop. It's considered a bit anthrocentric, this study, because... Animals see in more ways than just visually. So maybe it's a case that there's animals that recognize themselves through their smell or their sound. So it's not that they can just see themselves, but they use a different sense in order to be self-aware, if that makes any sense to you. Medium sense, I would say. Medium to little sense, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure about these pigeons. For me, they're the, the least talented of the bunch, but... But I guess that just means that they keep studying more and realizing that more and more animals have this um, capacity to 
be aware of themselves and, and understand they exist because there's the implications of self-awareness are quite interesting yeah it's funny so it's not about intelligence or brain size it's just about whether or not they're god's chosen animals uh-huh the pigeon yeah god's chosen animal <laughs> the holy pigeon <laughs> the holy pigeon mm-hmm. there's a jellyfish that can effectively live indefinitely and it's called the Turritopus nutricula. And so after it mates, it reverts back to its juvenile form. And so it can keep doing that. So it mates cellular change back to what it was before it was able to mate and then just grows up again. It does a Tom Hanks and Big constantly. I haven't seen that one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spoil it. I know what we're doing later. But they can't. <laughs> Are you going home to see Big? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering. But they still die from disease and stuff like that, but... Yeah. Yeah. And being eaten. Yeah. Falling out of the sea, that kind of thing. Fall- yeah, that's the classic jellyfish problem. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here's another one. Hold on to your hats. Um, but, oh, there is a sea cucumber that can liquefy itself turning its tissue from solid to liquid so that it can get away into rocks and stuff. And then it can go back to being a solid again. What? That's based out. And the other thing with sea cucumbers is that if they're under threat, they spew out their internal organs in the hope that the predator will just accept that (laughs) and eat that, and then they just go off and regrow. Make some more organs. Have a liver. Come on, kidney. Yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah. want? Just don't eat, don't eat all of me. Just my brain. No, you can't have it. Anything but the brain, please. <laughs> Giving you all I have. Genitals. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's a deal. Is that what you'd change exchange for your life at the last minute? I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Rather give away my genitals than my brain. I suppose they're going to grow back as well. So. Right. You can give away anything <laughs> you want, really. Snails can sleep for up to three years. How old can a snail be then? least three years old okay so it's not just a saying that snails are lazy slow well slow i don't think anybody thinks they're lazy they're just slow. i think they're lazy you think snails are lazy <laughs> yeah especially if they sleep for three years and here the uh, crowning fact of this part elephants can hear with their feet vibrations in the ground this? makes S- sense specialist in seismic communication but it's sort of feeling but it's still yeah it's a crossover thing. So they can communicate in a low rumble that can travel as far as six miles. And what's more, the elephant receiving the call picks it up through its feet. So one elephant stomps the ground and that's vibration. Well, they create a rumble. Mm. I don't know if that's an oral rumble or a foot rumble. Yeah, so it's found that the vocalizations in foot stumps of elephants resonate at a frequency other elephants can detect through the ground. Enlarged ear bones as well as sensitive nerve endings in their feet and trunks allow elephants to pick up these infrasonic messages. And so it's believed, because of their great hearing, that elephants can hear storms as much as 160 to 240 kilometers away. When they were culling elephants in some of these big wildlife parks, that the elephants could hear the helicopters and run off. And they could hear them like it's about 110-ish kilometers away and piss off in the other direction. They're jumpy. Very jumpy. What do you got for us now? This is uh, we're we're 
going into unexplored territory, aren't we? Or well, it's it's <laughs> true to the um, hard work and dedication of a married couple called Brad Steiger and Sherry Hansen Steiger, who collected a book, or should I say, tome of incredibly unbelievable stories of telepathic tabbies, crime-solving canines, and more. It's strange power of pets. And uh, Brad, is he's not an un- unknown force in, in the paranormal, is he? He's, uh, he's been in Coast to Coast, written... 170 books, aye, aye, aye. at a high estimate, and sold over 17 million copies. So he must know what he's talking about. Other few of his um, titles that he wrote include Puppy Miracles, Horse Miracles, and Brad Steiger Predicts the Future. <laughs> Puppies Predict the Future. Uh, puppy Miracles, that's yeah. the one I want. He he also believes, just to give him the kind of person that he is. This is Alistair Goodwin leafing through his well-worn copy of a Strange Power of Pets. This part of the book is called Held Captive by Pets from Outer Space. <sighs> On April the 2nd, 1991, a syndicated column entitled Short Takes carried an item revealing Brad Steiger's shocking research. Your pet may be a space alien. Brad was quoted as stating that one out of five dogs and cats are space pets, descendants of original alien creatures that were seeded on Earth 50,000 years ago. 50,000, that's the year of Stargate, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So So every one out of five pets is a space alien. The Egyptians knew it. <laughs> the <laughs> Mayans knew it. Do we? <laughs> yeah. Everyone Brad knows, knows it. it. Yeah. That's the important thing. So yeah. everyone out of the fire. What? What's their agenda? What do they do? What? What's the? What's the gig? Just guardians. Guardians of Earth. You know, here to defend you from yeah. other entities. So they still are friends. They're not conspiring. No, no, these aren't evil aliens. Uh-huh. These, are, these are the good types. He then also reverts. He goes back on himself and says that, like, later on, after he was challenged about this, he he embellished on it and said what he meant was angels. <laughs> of course. Pet angels. They're angels. They're aliens, angels are the same thing. It's just, uh, it's the mythos, two different ways of describing the same phenomena. He seeks refuge in the religion. I think, yeah, I think he pivoted towards trying to start a cult. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> That's who wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's collected all these stories, and I'm going to share a couple of his um, true, true stories. Let's hear his. His sources are also uh, special, aren't they? Yeah. Well, if he if he has a source, it's usually quite special. Yeah. Which one is it? It's the National Enquirer a lot of the time, which is the magazine that Tommy Lee Jones picks up in MIB. <laughs> it's Men in Black for the Uninitiated. Oh, yeah. And um, leaves through to see alien news. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's credible as hell. So let's kick it off. Are you excited? Are we going to hear uh, an excerpt we're, from this book? We're going to hear a few excerpts from this book. So this is it. This is story number one. It's called Her Psychic Cats Saved Her Life. Uh. When Lucille L's son Joe was around 12 years old, he brought home a beautiful little white kitty, all covered with grease, and told her that the kitten was her birthday gift. Cecile's response was intended to be very firm. Honey, you can't have a cat. But ma'am, Joe frowned, it's your birthday. So we cleaned up the little kitty, Cecile said. I wrapped it in a towel and put it on my lap. By that time, I couldn't give her up, so we kept the cat. Joe is 23 now, and you can figure out how long we had the cat. 
Okay, figure it out if you want. Years? I don't know. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not doing it for you. Cecile and her children were living in South Dakota when the cat she christened Lucky came into her life. As the years went by, she said, I noticed that Lucky seemed to be very psychic. If it was a couple of hours before a storm or tornado was coming, she would run up my wall. I finally realized that she was warning me in advance of every storm. Lucky always used to lie on my tummy, Cecile continued. I had some surgery and when I came home, Lucky seemed to know and would not lie on my stomach, but only on my neck. I would say to her, if you love me, blink your eyes. She would blink them twice, then look at me and purr, touching me lightly with her paw. Sounds like soft porn. After a few years, Cecile got another kitten as a playmate for Lucky, and she felt that both of the cats considered themselves her loyal guardians. The day that they gave their lives for me started out as very quiet and peaceful summer's day, Cecile said. I was sitting in my home in South Dakota writing a letter, and Lucky and her friend were sitting on the window ledge watching me. Suddenly a big storm came up. He hadn't told her about this storm. And I heard a loud crack <laughs> as lightning struck a nearby tree. I looked up to see a big red ball outside my kitchen window. Somehow the lightning bolt had created the dangerous phenomena of ball lightning. That deadly charge of electricity appeared about to pass through the window and to come directly for me. Cecile will always remember how her beloved cats positioned themselves so that their bodies intercepted the ball lightning. Both of them. The cats just lit up. Their entire bodies glowed, and there was a bluish-white aura around them as the lightning touched them. When the firemen came, <laughs> they said they could not believe that the charge had not continued through the cats and hit me. Cecile knows in her very core of being that her cat saved her life by intercepting the lightning's deadly charge. Miraculously, Lucky and her friend had survived the terrible shock. What? But they lost their hair and were badly burned. My veterinarian told me that he knew that I loved my kitties, but if I really loved them, I would put them to sleep. So they didn't survive. She had to euthanize them. Cecile concluded her story. I allowed him to do so to prevent my darling cats from enduring any more suffering on my behalf. They would throw themselves at the lightning again, wouldn't they? Yeah, if a second freakish ball lightning came through. So the scene is here. It's right out of the window. The light goes down in the tree. Both cats sees this and throws themselves. There's a little cute little kitty and uh, a really old cat, is it? It's it's weird. A 16-year-old cat and a, a, a puppy. No, uh this is th this is saying so the phenomena of ball lightning oh. is this idea that lightning can come down form a ball like mm. and just start passing through things start hunting. so it's not a lightning flash that they defended her from freakish yeah isn't it, <laughs> it makes no sense <laughs> oh you heard it first or secondly here at Geek Parrot. <laughs> i wonder how many copies of this book sold and it's a well-worn paperback you got there i love it so next little tidbit is called rescued by a rat and this has a very credible source so former university of toronto lecturer ian curry shared a remarkable instance of psychic bonding that had occurred between an elderly West Virginia coal miner and a rat that inhabited the dark tunnel. The old man who owned a small mine and worked it himself noticed that one particular rat would stay near him as if keeping him company while he worked at the coal face. Curry said, this isn't even the coal miner, this is second-hand information. Over a period of several months, the two became accustomed to one another. The miner would feed the rat from his lunchbox, and when it came to fire the shots that would bring down the coal face, he would chase the rat away so it would not be injured. 
One day, while the miner was working alone, as usual, Curry continued the account. The rat appeared to be unduly agitated and kept scampering up to the miner, then running off. Intrigued, the man put down his drill and followed the rat around the corner to see if he could figure out what was bothering the, the creature. He had just moved away from the face when the roof collapsed. <laughs> in the exact spot where he had been working. The miner, according to Curry, would certainly have been killed without the rat's warning. But how the rat knew the roof was about to collapse, and why he warned the man, is presently one of the mysteries of animal-human interaction. I think, Curry added, that the rat employed an animal's intuition for danger, and somehow he was able to communicate with the human who had befriended him. What do you think about that, Fred? If you're scared of storms or collapsing roofs, I'd say you, your best bet is to get a cat. Not cat, because... They couldn't predict the ball of lightning. Rat or elephant? You want an elephant in your coal mine? Not in my coal mine, maybe outside. They can hear it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a general thread through through animals. They're much better at predicting the Well, you know, can uh, check the weather report or what what is best weather report or cat running up wall. Yeah, or uh, Rats running back and forth. Sure. Rat trying to get your attention. You'd be a madman to follow a rat around. <laughs> yeah, well. So here's a couple of quick ones. I guess a lot of animals have found their way home over ridiculous distances. Um, and there's a few examples in this book. This is Strange Powers That Help Lost Pets Come Home. In February 1966, Blackie, a 15-pound black Persian cat that had been accidentally left in Florida. I don't know how you accidentally forget a cat. <laughs> sort of home alone scenario, by Mr. and Mrs. Richard Bauer during Thanksgiving of the year before. Found its way back to their home in Forked River, New Jersey. Across the state? So a year from Florida to New Jersey. A year? Yeah. A year strap. Oh my God. That's the adventure of the cat. That is a deluded owner that goes, is that you, Blackie? It must be you. It's, <laughs> it's an Almontanzarian <laughs> Simpsons episode. Oh, yeah. It must be you. <laughs> You're a black cat, Blackie. You've come all the way from Florida. <laughs> and another one. In the spring of 1996, a dog named Smokey found its owners Mr. and Mrs. Philip R. Bean of Seattle after having been parted from them for three and a half years and after the Beans had twice changed their place of residence. What? <laughs> it wasn't hard enough in the first place, huh? Strange powers that help lost pets come home. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I've seen this penguin documentary, and then there's, like, this thing with penguins. They just know where to go, right? Mm. But suddenly, one of them just goes insane. I'm just like, I'm going to go this way forever. And they just go till they die. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's so weird. Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> no. Suicidal penguins. Trying to breed out rebellion in the penguin ranks. Yeah. Pet radar is. But how is a dog on. It moves. If somebody moves twice, I couldn't find you if you moved twice. Like, how a dog. Ask the postman. Met. But dogs and postmen don't get on. No, I know. <laughs> That'd be tricky. So here is Sophia the duck that preferred its human family. Oh, ducks. So ducks. Frank Edwards. <laughs> Can't even be bothered to make up a second name, just uses another first name. Frank Edwards points out that dogs and cats are not the only pets that demonstrate a remarkable homing instinct. The J.W. Meehan family... So who the fuck is Frank Edwards and why is he pointing this out? Um, in Los Angeles had a pet duck named Sophia. 
that they had raised since she left the egg. Feeling that she needed the company of those of her own kind, the Means drove Sophia to Echo Park Lake and released her to be among her fellow ducks. It soon became apparent that in her own mind, Sophia was a member of the Maheen family. Somehow, she made it back home to their house on 7th Avenue, nine miles through heavy Los Angeles traffic. <laughs> See, that's a, that's like a bigger thing than going states through states. It's just being a duck crossing the road many, 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 many times. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, like that, I think that's all <laughs> equally as impressive. <laughs> maybe it used the the sewer system. They don't suggest that maybe it flew. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I was just assuming it would be duck walking. These guys, they didn't watch it happen. Like they just, like, oh, she must have walked all this way. Yeah. <laughs> but birds have, yeah, they're also amazing at just knowing exactly what to do and when, like migration and stuff like that. And now we're gonna get spooky with just one more. This one is called Rusty's Return. Ooh. So, in November 1991's issue of Fate magazine, that marvellous little journal that since 1948 has been chronicling the strange, the unusual, and the unknown. (laughs) Just plugging Fate magazine. (laughs) Carolyn Ullman of Albuquerque, New Mexico, shared her account of a kitten that returned from the grave to reassure her owner and to assuage her grief. According to Miss Ullman, the illuminating incident occurred in 1974. Because she was home alone most of the day, her husband Everett bought a kitten from the pound to be her companion. Didn't you just get given cats at the pound? Didn't you have to buy them? It was the tiniest little orange bundle of fur she had ever seen, orange and white striped with the biggest blue eyes. Carolyn decided to name him Rusty. Rusty. She was amazed that such a little thing could be so loving. Rusty became like a baby to her. He would follow Carolyn around the apartment, and whenever she held him, Rusty would reach up and pat her on the chin with one soft little paw. It was as if he was reassuring me, she said. He was so little and his meow was barely audible. Carolyn was devastated when only two months later, her newfound loving companion died quietly in his sleep. These are always so brutal turnarounds. I had, a puppy. I had never before felt such grief over losing a pet, she said. She and her husband buried Rusty at the side of their apartment. Can't be legal. The next evening, as she was taking out the trash, Carolyn opened the door to behold a, a tiny orange tiger kitten with big blue eyes looking up at her. <laughs> she was stunned, unable to believe what she was seeing. As she bent closer to get a better look at the kitten that had materialized on her doorstep, she softly called Rusty's name. Rusty. Rusty. The kitten emanated a familiar soft meow, then quickly ran around the corner of the apartment building. Carolyn went back into the apartment to grab a flashlight, then set out after the kitten, desperately calling, Kitty! Kitty! She searched the surrounding area for 15 minutes, that's a long time, before she sadly concluded the animal had vanished from sight. When she came to the base of the tree where they had buried Rusty, she saw the impression of one tiny paw print in the soft dirt. Turning the flashlight beam upwards into the tree limbs and discovering no tiny tiger kitten anywhere in the branches, Carolyn Ullman was left with her heartfelt conviction. Rusty had come back to say goodbye and to let me know that he was all right. Doesn't that make you feel good? (laughs) What's Tiger got to do with it? It's like just a ginger cat. I like the I like the final thoughts. How to become a shared entity. Unify your minds. Yeah. The strange power of pets manifests most profoundly in the energy of love that we two leggeds have always the choice of sharing with our brothers and sisters among the four legged, the winged ones, the beings that crawl on their bellies, and the creatures 
who live in the waters. Once we learn to express respect rather than condescension and love rather than ownership, we too shall greatly expand our own powers of spirit. Yeah. And one, yeah. Becoming one with your pet. Me and my rabbit. Yeah, exactly. 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 What if there was no divide where Fred starts and rabbit ends? <laughs> Run around free. Old fidgets, the rabbit. Sal and the eagle. Damn it! You think I would choose to merge minds with an eagle? Yeah, if I have a rabbit, then it's. I don't know what animal I would want to merge minds with. Eagle's not a bad choice. Sloth. What are you gonna do as a sloth? I don't know. Hang Dolphin. Dolphin. I don't like swimming that much though. I'd prefer flying. Yeah, I'd go eagle. All right. Mongolian golden eagle. Pigeon, so then you can, you know, be self-aware still. Mm. Exactly. At least you'd know who you were yeah. if you were a pigeon. <laughs> You're not losing yourself <laughs> up in all this. Bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad means well, and he uh, says it all out of love of the animals here. But can you can you form a psychic bond with an animal without <laughs> consent? Is that animal cruelty? Mm, I don't think the animal would mind, actually. I would never know. I think you should have to consent to a psychic bond. <laughs> leave your paw print here yeah. <laughs> and here <laughs> and scratch here yeah. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> well a little bit of a taste of the strange power of pets it's going to be a continuing story of the strange power of pets here this book is the cornerstone of this first season of uh, psychic parrots definitely it was it was a real fuel to the fire and i mean we didn't even touch on sherry hansen steiger Sherry Hansen's tiger, or sh- oh, it's tiger. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even touch on the wife story. She's got a lot, lot of books out there as well. I'd love to be in on one of their writing sessions. <laughs> yeah. If they believe it, it's terrifying. But if they don't believe it, it's the fucking most funny thing I've ever. <laughs> I like, and we didn't even get onto some of my favorites. That was just a a light jaunt. Yeah, I think they must have an amazing relationship yeah. to be able to do this stuff together. But yeah, that's it, Fred. Anything you uh, want to plug? Uh, this goes out to all my uh, uh, homies, the rescue dogs uh, down on the down at the station. <laughs> Fred would like to plug rescue dogs. Uh, uh, shout out to my homeboy, Bobo the chimpanzee. Bobo. Uh, <laughs> Bobo. I'd uh, like, like to thank you for uh, sticking it out with us. We're uh, going to return soon with more about parrots, horses, monkeys, chimpanzees. We're going to go through it and get to the bottom of it, aren't we? One day we will bring a live eagle into the studio. <clears throat> Thanks a lot for tuning in to Psychic Parrot. I am Frederick Gekko, always with Alistair Goodwin. See you later. See you in the other pet dimension. No!